Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business by your Unger Sagan. She is a regular on the Price of Business. She's an editor over at uh, Newsweek Ma- Magazine in the opinion section. One of my personal favorites, we are doing so much in terms of investing time and energy, talking to the best minds when it comes to all things uh, Journalism, uh, we th- I really think there's a crisis when it comes to the media. It has very little credibility and seems to be continually working towards getting less credibility. And uh, that isn't be- be- beneficial to a country that uh, wants to have a free society and a well-educated uh, um, country, citizens. And so uh, I like working with people like Baya Unger Sargon. Her book is phenomenal, uh, one of the best books I've read on what's going on in the journalism space and really the disconnect between journalists and the rest of the country. Baya, always glad to have you on the show. Tell us real quickly about the book and how people can get it before we get into our topic. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. I really look forward to our chats. Um, the book is called Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. And you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at EncounterBooks.com. Um, yeah, the book is about the failures of the media, um, why the media got so woke. Um, and I argue that a lot of what we think is um, a, cl- a racial or a political divide in America is really a class divide that leftist elites don't want to acknowledge because they've benefited from it. So that's kind of the argument in short about how the media got so bad. And, um, yeah, it's called Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. Yeah, and, and as a result, the media has zero credibility, in my opinion, with about a third of the population, which is exactly how a Donald Trump becomes president of the United States. If you don't like Donald Trump, you can really, in my opinion, blame the media that lost so much credibility for his rise. We could do a whole topic on that. But today, I want to talk a little bit about the whole migration issue. And I hear people casually, they're watching the news, well, that's a terrible way to treat people, the way the Florida governor and Arizona governor and Texas governor uh, you know, are exporting them in buses and even airplanes. That's not too bad of a gig uh, you know, uh, to these other states because these other states are all for this uh, illegal uh, immigration, uh, but uh, they haven't had any of the burden of it. And these border states have had the burden of it forever for decades and so uh really you like you you like this let's share the love if you will and i don't like the way the governors are doing it uh, i think that there's a way of doing it uh, beyond simply trying to humility humiliate or make a point but the point is valid talk a little bit about that i could not agree with you more you know of course when you see human beings being used for a political stunt, your heart goes out to them. Your heart goes out to the people coming here from horrible situations in places like Venezuela. But at the same time, they did cross illegally. And the liberal hypocrisy on this topic just absolutely needs to be exposed. It's unbelievable that people who have signs in their backyards that say immigrants and refugees are welcome here, um, you know, here, they don't mean here, they mean there in El Paso, you know, there in Texas, there in Florida, there in Arizona, right? They, they, they don't bear the burden or the cost of their own uh, pieties. And that's a huge problem that, you know, DeSantis was very, very clever in exposing because he sent these migrants to Martha's Vineyard, and within 44 hours, they had called the National Guard on them to remove them. They essentially deported them 
despite the fact that there are signs in all of those people's lawns saying immigrants are welcome here. It turns out they were not welcome there. And, you know, the argument that I think is really important here is, you know, this, he wasn't just exposing their hypocrisy. He was exposing the progressive playbook, which is sit at home, polish your halo, feel holier than thou, feel like you're a better person than all of your Republican neighbors because you have this sign in your garden that says, you know, in this house, we believe in the science. We believe Black Lives Matter. We believe immigrants are welcome here. You know, but what, you, what actually is, that is happening there is all of those vanity morals, you only have them so long as it is the working class and red America that's paying the price for it. As soon as they brought the migrants to their homes, they turned on them in a second, right? Yes, they gave them a nice yeah. meal and then they sent them on their way. And I think that, that that is the logic that's at play in so much of what the left proposes, whether it's environmentalism whether it's bail reform and defunding the police, whether it's COVID lockdowns, whether it's student loan forgiveness, in all of these issues, it's a very similar playbook, which is we are better than you because we hold these beliefs. Now you pay for it, the working class, right? It's, these are all yep. policies that benefit the elites economically while also making them feel like they're better than everybody around them. And then they, when the, it comes time to pay the bill, they hand it over to the working class. And so I think that that's what was really exposed in this. So I agree with you. I feel conflicted about it. On the one hand, you know, you, these are human beings. You know, on the other hand, very few of the people crossing now are actually have an asylum case. Most of them are economic migrants, which you can, you know, feel whatever type of way you want. You can think we should be able, you know, we should have room for economic migrants in America. But, you know, these are not, they, they did cross illegally. These are not people who are going to have their asylum cases actually granted. Um, although another piece of the puzzle here, Kevin, or an important one is in the Houston immigration courts, they only approve one out of every 20 asylum cases, whereas the New York City yeah. courts approve three out of four. So for, for the left to say <laughs> these people don't want to be shipped to the north, they don't want to be shipped to the northeast, like that's facetious. I mean, these people know that their chances of staying are much higher if they can get into an immigration court in New York. So you know, they've now opened an investigation into DeSantis. I don't mind any investigations. You can investigate all you want, but I doubt they will find, you know, that's another piece of this, a media question. So MSNBC was first on the scene, and they reported that the migrants were all very happy with DeSantis. They were very happy to have been sent to Martha's Vineyard. Then NPR showed up and reported that, no, they had been lied to, and that's when the narrative developed that they had been lied to. So it took a minute, right? There was before the narrative you know, the MSNBC allowed something of the truth, the counter narrative to, to emerge. So I, I think all of this is sort of, you know, important pieces of the puzzle. Um, you know, I, I think when, when Governor Abbott was sending buses, that felt like less of a stunt. That felt like, look, you know, you know, and, 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 yeah. and, and, and El Paso, for example, is sending nine buses a day. So, you know, there's, there's right. you know, a lot of a lot of sort of hypocrisy in how this is being covered, um, you know. And also, yes, it was a stunt. On the other hand, it exposed something very important. Yeah, and, and by the way, those are really nice buses. And I'm okay with the buses. 
I really am. I wish it was more right. of a coordinated effort. I don't like the fact they're being dumped out on the street. Uh, but you know what? That requires multiple parties to coordinate. I don't see the state of New York saying, bring them on up. We're ready for them. I don't see that. And so, you know, the state of Texas doesn't have a whole lot of uh, options. I don't think it's a good expenditure of Floridians' taxpayer dollars for them to be sent up in, in planes. That's way more expensive. But the yeah. general concept, if you really want to look out for these immigrants, if you want to, uh, you know, treat them with more fairness and give them more opportunity and better uh, social conditions as far as food, clothing, et cetera, you should be demanding that they send them up north. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. And, and um, it, it just, it's, it's, it's very disheartening because, um, I, I do think that you get this feeling if you watch the media that there's sort of two sides to this, right? There's like the Republicans, um, you know, pushing one thing and the Democrats pushing the open borders. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think you have like a huge consensus among most Americans that what's happening is not okay, that 2 million people in one year is not okay, that 500,000 getaways is not okay, that what's happening to our border towns is not okay. And then you have a teeny tiny progressive elite, you know, 6% of Americans who think, no, let's have an open border but they have a lock on the liberal media. And so what ends up happening is, is you get this skewed vision about what's happening, um, where most Americans are pretty united on this. And then a tiny, you know, economic elite that's very economically privileged um, is setting the conversation for the entire left and really skewing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, of course, these elites, um, they're, they're in high security buildings. Uh, they live in high security, high fence neighborhoods. Uh, none of their jobs are threatened by those who are coming across the border. Um, you know, whereas average, average citizens and, and low, lower income Americans are, are going to find themselves in direct competition, especially those who migrated here illegally versus these people who came there with out abiding by the law. I mean, it really is abusive of the lowest uh, economic classes of this country, uh, the open border approach. No, absolutely. And um, I, I, I think this is a, a, another really important point is, you know, a, a lot of people um, uh, condemned uh, former President Trump for um, the cruelty on the border, you know, with the family separation policy. And, of course, that was an extremely cruel thing to do. And I, I think that policy was only, you know, um, enforced for about two months. Um, but but his zero tolerance for, for, for an open border um, ended up preventing huge amounts of cruelty, both to the migrants themselves and to our own working class. We know now that there have been record deaths at the border in the last two since President uh, Biden took office, um, between six and 800 people have died on the border, which is double what it's ever been before. We know that a third of women making the trek admit to being raped. We know that parents send their teenage girls with birth control and condoms because they assume that the cartels are going to rape them. I mean, there's unbelievable amounts of cruelty that we are incentivizing, people drowning at the border, national um, guard drowning, trying to save people from drowning in the Rio Grande. We know all of this is happening. We know these people are going to live here in the shadows working, you know, for, for deplorable conditions. We know that this undercuts the, the wages of black Americans and everybody else who's competing for those working class jobs. Um, you know, for the first time in 50 years, 
workers have a lot of leverage because of the labor shortage, that whole that is totally being undercut by two million people coming in willing to work under the table. So I just think that you know when you think about all of this together, we are incentivizing unbelievable amounts of cruelty in the name of some sort of like compassionate open borders policy um, that that the progressive elite is able to get away with because they don't have to bear the costs of their pieties. Those costs are given to the working class to bear, and you know having feeded our border to the cartels. I can't even tell you, Kevin, these, they're barely human. These people, the way that they thrive off of cruelty, their whole business model is built around exploitation and actual human trafficking, actual sex trafficking. And we've feeded our border to them. I mean, how is this okay? It's just, I, 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 I don't know how this is okay. Yeah, I don't understand it either. Uh, again, it, it's it's like they live in their own world, and uh, I I would love to get a sense of how it's playing out. The numbers in terms of people's attitudes about illegal immigration, I don't think hasn't changed. It's overwhelmingly uh, anti anti uh, open borders. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible. It's, it's just a small small group that's fairly um, insulated from it. At least now, over time, if it keeps continuing, everyone's affected by it. Um, but, but it's hard to tell how this little play between border states and the rest of the country is playing out. But my gut tells me is that even while people are watching going, oh, it's terrible to see people being treated that way. Things you and I have both said, right, during this interview. But bottom line, you know, you look at it, you go, what are the poor, poor uh, people of Texas supposed to do? The poor people of Florida and Arizona, what are they supposed to do? And if these liberals up in Massachusetts and New York think it's a great idea for them to be here, why not share that burden? Yeah, and I, that's why I think that it exposes something much deeper, which is that, you know, so much of the progressive platform is built on the idea of someone else is going to pay for it. Someone else is going to pay for us feeling good about ourselves and holier than thou. And then the minute it comes home to roost, you know, the truth comes out. Yeah. And, there's, and, and they, these elitists, are shocked, you know, when, when it's brought to their attention, their hypocrisy. They simply can't see it. And yet they have no problem, uh, you know, saying, bring them on in, but don't bring them on in up here. <laughs> it's it's really it would be funny if it weren't real if it weren't real people being abused and misused and maligned you know in the process and so it's a very uh, disturbing example again of of really media hypocrisy I think a lot of the policymakers including liberal Democrats catch crash their head and wish there was a more reasonable way of dealing with this um, but you know everyone seems to be a captive of the media elite including yeah, policymakers. You know I totally agree. And, and, you know, there was this moment where when the National Guard came to pick up the migrants, there were these rich white women standing there weeping and, and saying, Te amo, te amo, as they deported these people, right? Weeping at their own good heartedness as they sent them away. Like, it was such a caricature, right? Like, even as they were expelling them, they were weeping, I love you, I love you. As oh, they yeah. expelled yeah. them, it was, but, but Congresswoman AOC and Congresswoman Ilhan Omar shared that clip, and, and AOC wrote, this is the best of America, right? The best <laughs> of America are the people weeping with a sense of their own piety 
as they send you away, as they call armed guard to take you off their precious, elite, rich islands. And they just yeah. can't see it. And I, I don't understand that. Like, I just don't understand how you can look at these people who are filled with a sense of how good they are for kicking you out, right? And say, look yeah. how well they treated them. I, and I, I, I despair because how do they not see it, but they don't see it. And I was very they relieved don't. to see um, Charlemagne the God, who has a, 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 one, a very popular um, uh, morning show called The Breakfast Club. Um, I believe he's a rapper. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a, a considered like a far left, you know, black pundit, speaker, thinker, um, you know, radio personality. And he said he thought that what DeSantis did was brilliant. And you should have seen the faces of his two white guests. They just like, what? But of course, the black yeah. community sees right through this. Of course, they know, you know, who's going to end up paying for this. It's their community. You know, they are, they're the least of the sort of, you know, open board, pro-open borders of all of the Democratic subgroups. And I was very relieved to see that. But to, just to see AOC saying, this is the best of us at the people expelling the migrants in the moment it's of them expelling them. It really is. It really uh, yeah. is unbelievable. I'm going to be playing beat the clock here, uh, but you, you nailed it. In fact, that whole scene remind me, and I don't like to get preachy. This isn't a religious show, but there's an interesting scripture in the book of James in the New Testament that says, don't tell people to be warm and be filled and not clothe them and give them food. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so I they gave him a say, meal for the day that said, get out of here. And that really, to me, just captures the hypocrisy. Yeah. And, you know, Tucker Carlson had this, um, he had a clip of, of the migrants eating breakfast. And he pointed out that what they had given them for breakfast was like these super sugary cereals and Pop-Tarts and things that like literally nobody on Martha's Vineyard would ever dream of eating. You know, <laughs> like this is like... Yeah kale center right these are people who like eat only organic food these rich liberal elites and they had fed these migrants like this crap that they would never themselves allow them you know to, to defile their bodies right that's right by the way we're on a roll but i'm out of time we always are and we always have more conversation in time it drives me nuts Batya Unger-Sargon, she's with Newsweek. Her book is phenomenal if you go to priceofbusiness.com we'll have links to uh both of those Thanks so much as always. Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me, Kevin. God bless and you take care. You too. This is Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more.